I think for me, debt and being able to raise money for a business is something that yeah, everybody should learn how to do. Every, everybody should, you know, should understand how to do because there, there will be times where it's necessary. There'll be times when, when it can kind of supercharge, take you on to the next level. Best businesses are, and the most sustainable ones are the, are the ones that can be a business without needing all that debt, you know, that, 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 can, that can bootstrap themselves in, 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 in a certain way. And I think, uh, you know, for, for me, any business owner who has leverage is somebody who, who has distribution. All of this distribution is really access to an audience. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. The ambition of the podcast is to show relatable stories from young entrepreneurs doing some incredible things to inspire the next generation, including you listening wherever you are. We've been doing this podcast for over three years and the ambition has not changed. The only thing that has changed is the scale of where we want to go. We want to bring on bigger guests for you guys to show more and more relatable and inspiring stories from young entrepreneurs across the world. The majority of you guys listening haven't subscribed to the podcast yet. All you have to do is click that subscribe button wherever you're listening on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now allow us to bring on big guests and ask the questions to them that you really want to hear. And it really is that simple. So thank you again for clicking on the podcast and enjoy the episode. Amazing to have you on the podcast. How are you? Good, buddy. Good. Thank you very much for having me. My absolute pleasure. You're in Dubai at the moment, right? I'm in Dubai, so uh, yeah, a few a few hours ahead of the UK. Although I'm um, still still suffering the uh, the English working day at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> would you say most of the business that you do is is still based in the UK, or would you say it's like Middle Eastern orientated now? No, no. All, all of my business really is in the UK. Uh, I mean, I came to Dubai about two and a half years ago for just for lifestyle choices. I was the um, I was a kind of a COVID refugee, uh, and uh, I tell a story that many English people do which is you know kind of came in on a holiday uh, and never went back again um but i did you know i, I did leave um, an, an office in staff and, and everybody else back in the uk so um i was no, i was never looking to i guess you know rebuild here i was just looking to kind of rehome and and uh, and re-lifestyle so um i work english hours because i i, I work um you know on, on all my uk businesses but my core business is uh, is lending money to businesses lending money to smes in the uk but we raise our money internationally um, so I do do a lot of raising here, um, and I also do a lot of networking just for just for kind of great people to have in the Rolodex because you know I mean I've never come across anywhere uh, else in the world like Dubai, which has got such a high concentration of high caliber people. But uh, no, no, my, my core business is still GBP denominated. Yeah, I mean like the the whole Middle East, not only Dubai, is definitely like uh, increased in popularity in in terms of like tech, property, like a lot of entrepreneurs have moved there because they are very forward thinking, right? So, I mean, I've even, I've even considered it myself. Like, it looks very cool. I mean, I, I, re- I recommend it to everybody. I mean, you know, and I don't know anyone who doesn't tell a positive story about it. And, you know, I've, I've got friends here who have, who have come as, you know, let's say, all, you know, billionaire entrepreneurs, multimillionaire entrepreneurs, you know, employees in a business, you know, self-employed people themselves. And, and, and everybody, you know, whatever kind of level of the ladder or stage of the game, uh, you know, loves their life, you know, ha- has great success in, in their own business, in their own field. And it's just, I think, you know, I, I don't like UK bashing because it feels, it just like feels like one of those things that we, we always moan about. But I do also feel over the last few years, it's, it's gotten easier to become a UK basher, you know, in, in terms of... I fully um, agree with you, yeah. I fully uh, agree with you. you. Know, the, the, the mentality is so negative and backward, the, you know, the, 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 the crime and the, the just, it, it's just... 
puts you in a bad mood before you start. Whereas, whereas everybody over here is very, very growth orientated. It's, you know, it's abundance, not scarcity. It's faith, it's clean. And, you know, everybody, everybody wants to help each other as well. But I would love to jump into your journey because your journey is a very interesting one where, uh, you know, you had, very, you had success very young and then you had bankruptcy. And then now you, you know, said you moved to Dubai and then you lend SMEs money and then you do some investment as well. So it's a, it's a very you know, cool journey to dig into. So I guess before we do, like, where did it all begin for you? I mean, my entrepreneurial journey began, you know, began in my very early teens, really. Uh, insofar as I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur um, and knew I wanted to be in business. Uh, my only real driver for that at the time was because I think you know, in, in the early 90s, you know, we, we, we lived under this kind of notion that the only way to make big money was to own your own business. I think that coupled with the fact that my dad did have his own business as well. So, you know, the, the, I guess the entrepreneurial spirit was in the household. Um, so I, I knew I wanted to be in business and I, I spent my teenage years trying everything possible to make money, you know, from uh, buying and selling things at the market to, you know, to uh, squatting on domain names, to, you know, being a table magician in a local Italian restaurant. Uh, my first my first kind of proper business uh, was working in a family business from kind of 18 to 21. Uh, it was a failing business where I kind of got to get stuck in to, you know, every possible problem a business owner could ask for, you know, suppliers that didn't want to supply us, customers that didn't want to deal with us banks who wanted to pull the plug, uh, you know, every kind of uh, financial and operational problem you could, you could imagine. Um, and I left there when I was 21, 22 to move into leisure. Uh, again, I wasn't particularly qualified for it, but I thought the only qualification I needed to, needed was the fact that I was, I was young and uh, young and knew how to drink and thought that if I owned a bar, all that money that came across the till would be mine and I could, I could drink beer, meet girls and get paid for it at the same time. That really was uh, all, all it took for me, to, for, for me to want to be a bar owner, uh, which I did for a couple of years to kind of varying degrees of unsuccess. But my first, my first big hit, if you like, was uh, when I was about 23. Uh, it was I, was, I was in the early stage of being 23, uh, and I opened a strip club uh, back, in, uh, back in Wakefield. And I, I kind of decided to, to take the, the positives of the leisure business, uh, find, find a solution to some of the failings, which was really lack of gross margin and lack of other income streams other than selling alcohol itself. Uh, and, and that opportunity presented itself uh, you know, in, in the strip club industry. Uh, and I opened a venue in, uh, you know, when I was 23 in March 2004, uh, which hit the ground running, really. Um, and, uh, you know, I think part, part good planning, part good timing, uh, but, but, it, but it, you know, it, really, it really did, uh, it was a success from the outset. Uh, and I then really kind of fast forward four years. Over the next four years, I, uh, I opened 11 strip clubs. I was the biggest strip club operator in the UK. I had uh, 65 bars and pubs. I had a profit property uh, group. I had uh, re retail stores. And I'd also started a small finance book at that time, lending money to other businesses as well. Uh, I kind of learned to become a lender by being a borrower because all of those businesses that I, I kind of mentioned there, you know, I grew them off the back of, uh, of learning um, by accident, really, how, how to borrow money. Uh, I mean, I, I, when I opened that first strip club, I didn't know the first thing about borrowing money. I didn't even really know there was a place other than a bank to go to that you know that you could borrow from, and I got introduced to what nowadays we call alternative lenders before the word alternative lender even existed. But what it did mean was that you know that 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 empire, if you like, uh, was 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 built on uh, was built on a uh, you know sand and, and a house of cards, and it was absolutely leveraged to the hilt with very expensive, very short term debt. 
Uh, and, you know, I, I think as, as people have learned over the last few years that, you know, when, when money's easy, uh, in, in easy supply and lenders are lending, you know, you can mask many problems. Uh, and really, that's what I did for, you know, unknowingly for four years. Uh, and when the credit crunch of 2008 started, uh, the, the rug was pulled from under us. You know, we, we didn't have the capital base to, to, to support it. Our lenders weren't prepared to work with us. Uh, and, you know, kind of September, August, September 2008, when I was 27, uh, lost a lot overnight. Uh, and and, it, and it, re- it really was, I say overnight, you know, it, maybe it wasn't overnight. Well, like, it really wasn't. Let, me, let me just interrupt you very quickly. So how did you actually lose that, like, like did you, how did you lose that overnight, as you said? Like, because, yeah, 2008 happened, like, but you still had a successful chain of, of clubs, right? Like, so, so what, what so, went so wrong? Every, everything was successful in terms, in terms of turnover. Uh, most things were successful in terms of profitability, but what none of them were, were, were very good at was producing cash because they, they were all they were all bought or grown uh, using very short term, very expensive money. So you know, let's say, as, as an example, let's say it cost me five hundred thousand pounds to um, to buy and refurbish and open a strip club, and let's say that that venue made one hundred and fifty thousand pounds profit. You, know, you take those two numbers that, that that's that's quite a nice return on investment but if that 500,000 that I uh, had to, had to fit it out with uh, if I was paying that back over say three years and you know with an interest rate of X you know all of a sudden the the, the cash flow needed to pay that lender was was, was, was more than the profit um, and I guess you know it's something I Probably didn't appreciate at first, and then was too was too deep in, and had to keep had to keep treading on the wheel, and, and it's something that you know I've been a lender now and been on the other side of the table. I see day in day out that you know that business owners absolutely do not appreciate the difference between between profit and cash flow, uh, and I may have been making one hundred fifty thousand pounds a year of profit on that club, but I need you know but but I had two hundred fifty thousand pounds of let's say balance sheet issue. Um, and 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 that was that was basically in simple terms that was the problem on, on each of the venues and and as we opened the next one and maybe produced a bit more cash it could mop up the first one's problem and we went on the third one and it mopped up the second one's problem but it was it was it was a treadmill it was a, it was an unsustainable hamster wheel that was that was only working whilst people whilst people were prepared, prepared to continue to lend to us uh, you know and and I guess I talk about it now and you look 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 back on those days in terms of. You know, what it was kind of obvious stupidity, but I mean, that's, I think it's very easy for people people to say you know, from the outside in. You know, when you can see the wood from the trees. I mean, I was you know 24 when I started this journey. I'm not making any excuses for myself at all. But you know, I I didn't know any better, and and I guess I was also blinded by the fact that all these all these hungry lenders were or greedy lenders were were, were keen to lend to me. Therefore, I was keen to borrow, and 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 it was. When it was going good, it worked for us all. You know that they lent and made money. I borrowed and made money. Um, but um, you know, I mean, there was a plan in place, uh, which was that uh, you know, once once we once we'd achieved X amount of turnover, built built a business of a certain size, it was going to get refinanced by a mainstream institution, and that and that was the kind of let's say the annoyance of it, if you like. That but when I was paying all that debt back over three years. It was totally unsustainable. Should, should we move that to seven, eight, nine, ten years? It would be actually very, very cash generative. And we had ag- we had agreements in principle to do that with two or three lenders. Um, but by the by the time we'd got ourselves into the shape to be able to actually go and take the money off those lenders, the credit crunch had started. They'd lost their appetite, uh, and unfortunately, you know, we we didn't have a way out and had to go back to negotiate with the lenders that we had. Uh, and it was it was just a hole that was too deep to negotiate out of. So when I say lost a lot overnight, 
uh, you know, the word overnight is a slight exaggeration, but, you know, it, it really was as quick as in, 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 a, in a matter of weeks. And, you know, I've kind of, you know, since then, I've always I've heard the expression many times that, you know, um, when somebody went bankrupt, they go, how did that person go bankrupt? And, you know, the, the kind of, you know, um, humorous response, if you like, is at first very slowly and then very quickly. And, and, and really, really that, that, is, that is how it works. And I'm you know, trying to think quickly off the top of my head of what a, let's say a non-finan- non-financial analogy would be, but I guess it would be, I don't you know, almost like you know, running, running, a, running a, a water into a bottle that, you know, when, when, when the bottle's got a, got, got a narrow neck and you know, it's going down and it feels slow, slow, slow. As it gets to the top, all of a sudden it's like good, 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 and, and, and spills over. I was going to say, Matt, do you think a similar thing is happening now where people were uh, not as bad as 2008 for sure, because there were, there were, you know, things have changed, I think, in terms of structures, but like people, people were very close, like uh, used to like very cheap credit and, and also to a point where a lot of venture capital firms were giving out money for like, frankly, not very great ideas just because credit was very cheap. And so you had a situation where a lot of businesses were being invested in and now it's a situation where me, me as a business owner, I'm try, I've got a, a SaaS business, as, as people know. I'm trying to raise investment fairly soon for it. And, you know, I've been, I've been told by a lot of like founder friends of mine that it, the situation now is very, it's very difficult to raise money. Um, but I guess, are they just comparing it to maybe the last like, a few years where where credit was like very very cheap. I mean, look, there's there's probably there's probably a couple of different questions and a couple of different answers in there. I mean, if, if we're talking about you know raising equity versus raising debt, then you know then, then equity equity is always a tougher gig to raise in debt, and and and, and particularly now you know with, with with people being cautious and you know events over the last kind of three six twelve months, uh, you know raising equity is much harder than it was. But going to what I thought your first question was going to be that. Uh, you know how 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 does now, i.e., two thousand and twenty-two, twenty-three, differ to two thousand and eight? And you were saying it's not as bad as. I would say the situation now is ten times worse, or will be ten times worse than it was back in two thousand and eight. But it's just been masked for longer. I mean, I mean, you know, the in terms of amount, in terms of what in terms of what? Well, well I guess in in, ter- in terms of the 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 balloon that's blowing, you know, wait waiting to burst at some point. Um, and and I guess you know the, the the longer the longer it's prolonged for, you know, the, the 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 bigger the bigger the bubble is to burst. And really, you know, I mean, we're talking about it now in say 2023. From 2019, this I mean, this problem had been going on for four, five, six years. You know, probably a year or two too long at that point. And and there was many many zombie businesses. There's many many individuals who who, who were over leveraged with the personal credit. And really, they were all due to go you know to go pop. Around you know kind of 2018, 19, certainly by 2020, and and then you know when COVID started to happen, everybody thought, well, that is that that is the writing on the wall. That is the point that these people are definitely now go- now going to hit a wall because they, they've been they've been living on on easy credit. They've been you know they, they've been robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, and now now that's you know now the turnover is going to stop. Then they're all going to they're all going to go plus. But but then. You know, we got the absolute opposite effect in COVID because because of, because of all the bounce back loans, quantitative easing, uh, you know, um, uh, concessions that were, that were given to people. And there's just been, I guess, other let's say macroeconomic events that have continued since then, which, for whatever reason, have, have all meant that more money's been put into the system, or, or, or more or more pro- problems have been protracted. Uh, and so I think for, for me, uh, you know, th- th- there is. 
it's been easier than ever for these businesses to continue to survive. You know, businesses that just just shouldn't exist. You know, um, I mean, you know, people that have have found it very easy to call themselves entrepreneurs because they have been a business owner, but you know, they, they would have been infinitely more profitable working for somebody else because you know they've got businesses that aren't really businesses. You know, they aren't business owners, but they, but they've been able to. You know, it's more like jobs that they've created for themselves. Exactly, and, and yeah, you know, yeah. join the dance by 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 that availability of of, of easy credit. Now, look, I I can't tell you whether the the, um, the rug's going to be pulled in three months or twelve months or three years or whatever, but it 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 is it has to go. Um, and uh, I think when it does go, it will be it will it will fall a hell of a lot uh, further than it did back in two thousand eight. Like so, so bring you bring you back to I guess like people listening. A lot of as I said to you before, audiences, you know around like early 20s late 20s uh some people at school even like university so in terms of like the next generation of entrepreneurs going into this climate as you just described like what can they do to sort of i guess you know be prepared for this and and also the other angle of like what opportunities exist now that perhaps wouldn't have existed if this climate wasn't there you can you can argue debt both ways and it, it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing i think i think for me debt is debt and being able to raise money for a business is something that you know, everybody should learn how to do every everybody should you know should understand how to do because there, there will be times where it's necessary there'll be times when uh, you know when, when it can kind of supercharge you and you know take take, take you on to the next level i think you know, really the you know the the best businesses, you know, are, are, and the most sustainable ones are the, are the ones that can that can be a business with, with, without needing all that debt. You know, that, that that can that can bootstrap themselves in in in, in a certain way. And I think, uh, you know, for, for me, uh, yeah, any business owner who has leverage is somebody who who has distribution. Um, and you know, wh- wh- whether whether that is is um, you know, well, I say all of this distribution is really access to an audience. And we were just talking talking a bit, you know, off off camera before we started uh, about, you know, I, I guess what what would, uh, you know, what would I be advising to kids of today? You know, I, I've got a, you know, I've got a a, a one week old and a 16, 17, 16, 17 year old. Uh, I think, you know, for, for me, what what they've got that I didn't have, and you know, I I still like to consider myself not old, uh, but as, as as young as I think as young as I think I am, I grew those businesses in an era uh, before before social media. Before crowdfunding, before alternative lending, and uh, I'm not going to say the internet was in its infancy because it certainly wasn't in its infancy, but but it was five or six or seven years old as opposed as opposed to 27 years old. And what 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 anyone going into business has got today is the ability to be able to do something at such scale that that, that you know we never had 20, 20 years ago. Um, so I think you know my 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 advice to you know, to, to any young entrepreneur. It is really to find find a way to own and own and control that distribution. You know, whether it's through mailing lists, whether it's through partnerships, whether it's through whether it's through you know so, social media. But you know, if you, if you control the distribution, uh, you know, you, you, you can you can build a sustainable but sustainable high margin business in a, in any in any market condition. I think you know when you see when you see the you know the big people, um, when you see business owners hitting it big, you know, with big numbers. Whether that's a, let's say a, a Zuckerberg with a Facebook, or a you know, or the Rock with his tequila, you know, these people for slightly different reasons, it's all about being able to do something at, at scale and having 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 distribution distribution to the masses. Um, and look, you know, debt debt's great, 
the ability to raise money is great to be able to sprinkle in there at times, but I think it's just been used for too long as a as a as a mask on the truth really and 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 people almost think that the ability to raise money constitutes profit in itself you talk about debt quite a bit and then like when you say uh, the question around like equity and you say mm. it's very difficult to, it, it's more difficult to raise equity now than it is debt you mentioned so well it's i think it's more difficult now but it's i i i say it's more difficult in general really i mean i mean i may say that because i come i come from a debt space i mean look if, if someone if someone spends all all day raising equity they, they might they might tell you it's more easy to raise equity than it is debt but i think you know the reason i find equity so why why i find debt easier to raise and why i, I believe anyone would is because debt is normally a much more simpler and quantifiable proposition. You know, I'm going to lend you a hundred thousand pounds. You're going to pay me twenty thousand pounds interest. Or you're going to give me one hundred twenty thousand pounds back. This is your this is your business with your cash flow. Of how you're going to pay it back, and this is the piece of security, if appropriate, of what I'm going to take if it all goes wrong. You know, it's it's three or four or five very tangible, quantifiable variables. Uh, that you know that most people can understand when it comes to raising equity there's just so much so many other things that that that, that, that come into play uh you know the, the the success of the business the quality of the management team the the, the ups and downs of the market and um and you know you, you could argue that some of those have an impact on the debt as well and and, and they do but if you're a secured lender uh which you know which i am and which you know many other I guess lenders are in their own different ways of taking security. If the if the business has its downs, well, you, you've you've still got something tangible, tangible that that you're going to take. So it's and also then when it comes to raising equity, you know, you need to be talking to people who've got a specialism and understand understanding of that. You know, you you mentioned your SaaS business, and you know, that's great if you're talking to 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 SaaS. SaaS Lend, uh, sorry, SaaS investors, people with that knowledge. But you know, if you're raising money for a bar, you need people who understand bars. If you're raising money for biotech, you need people who understand that. And it's just, it, it's just a much, much harder game. Would you say? I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but just for people listening, like the whether it would be debt or equity, would you say it depends on obviously like the business model of of what you're trying to do? As you said, like a like a like a strip club or a bar. Given that they're more cash flow, like they're going to generate cash flow quicker than, say, a SaaS business, because you need to put time into development, and there's more risk in terms of like, will businesses actually buy a SaaS? Whereas bars, are like, very established, like debt probably makes more sense in in that space. Whereas equity probably makes more sense in the SaaS space. I mean, it, it's, it's gonna it's gonna depend on the timing of the business. You know, like you said, the the, the, the stage that the business at. You know, whether whether it's generating cash, etc. I mean, if, if you if you're a, if you're a new start business. Uh, or an early stage business, then 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 you've got no revenues, or you may have revenues, but you probably won't have profits, and certainly won't, certainly won't have cash flow to pay to pay that debt. And you know, as a many business owners, or many you know, let's say particularly naive business owners, will will want to concoct a way that they can they can say, well, okay, we can only pay you a small back now, bit back now, and a bigger bit back later. But you know, ultimately, that's just not that's not how it how it works as as a lender, and 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 you know, lending money really is about simplicity predictability security and that is exactly what you know what investing in a business from an equity perspective isn't now again it's not that one's right and one's wrong because you know you you invest in debt and and the returns will be 
relatively low, you know, eight, nine, tens, eleven, twelve percent. You can invest in equity, and you can get a hundred, hundred x your money. <laughs> um, but then, you know, for, for, for every one that gets you a hundred x, you've got you know forty five other deals that that, that that lose your money, and you know four or five that are making you two, three, four, five times. So, um, like I said, it's not it's not that one's right and one's wrong. It's it's ultimately you know what 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 do you know? What do you understand? I think you know. And it, but if you're going to invest successfully in equity you you have to have a very mixed portfolio a very large mixed portfolio um and you know other than the one in a million lucky people uh, you know anyone who tells you about uh, you know a, a 100x return they've got will also have plenty of stories of, of absolute write-offs to tell you where where, where is in debt yeah i was going to say like that you're you're 100 right and that's actually like how the business model of like a venture capital firm is structured right like they they know that that's that's going to happen so they that's why they invest in like multiple different businesses so for a venture capital to invest in you you're not entirely like special unfortunately because mm. they invest in so many different types of businesses in say a niche like like ai or or web3 or whatever like just because they think that industry is going to take off and you might be one of say 20 investments that hopefully one of you do make does make 100x because that will cover yeah. the other 19 that don't that don't do that absolutely i mean and it's just it's just a completely different mind, mindset that as, as that inventor as that venture capitalist you know like as, as, as someone in a debt space you know you, you're looking for something very very let's say simple and predictable and you know and, and almost like let's say guaranteed quantities of someone who can perform you know so, sometimes you know you look at you look at um, businesses that have raised venture capital or, or, or had equity put into them and you think how the hell did that lunatic you know with that non-existent idea go and raise 10 million and I can't even get someone to lend me 50 grand for my you know for my business that's got 10 years of history and the then the reality is or the answer is because that venture capitalist may think that guy's a lunatic but I think I don't care if he's a lunatic because I've got 20 million to deploy here and I'm putting a million into 20 different businesses and if that and, and I know I'm going to lose 15 of them so if I lose 15 on a lunatic who could who could shoot for the moon, then fine, I lose I, I lose I lose it on that lunatic. But you know I'll have one that makes the money, and yeah, it's just a it's, it's just a, a very different game. Very true. The question I want to end the podcast with, Matt. It's been so good having you on, and I think uh, you must have thought about this question before. But say if you were to start from scratch today, or like you put yourself back like a, a few years where you don't have anything, and you're in you're in 2023 right now, um, what what would you be doing? Like, what's the sort of business you'd be running? How would you be running it? What's the structure? Like, who would you be going to? Have you have you thought about that? I mean, I, I wouldn't say I've thought about what what um, what sector I would go into today because I I, I always I think uh, you know uh, the, the best sector for me to advise anyone to go into is the, is the sector that they understand the best. Uh, now you know what that that may be a sector that's got a ceiling compared to something else, um, but you know I, I think. Um, the benefits of getting it right in a sector that you understand far outweigh the benefits of getting it wrong in a sector that you don't understand. And, you know, like, for example, I always say I'm, I'm, I'm not really a tech guy. I'm absolutely not a biotech guy. And you know, some of these, uh, and, uh, you know, yes, that means that it precludes me from some, some really big returns, but it also saves me from, from, you know, plenty of losses because they would be losses because I'd just be getting the wool pulled over my eyes left, right, and center. So I think. It's sector, I always sound sector agnostic, and and you know I'm agnostic to anybody else's sector because uh, you know if they understand it, then then that's good for them. I think the things I would do different to what you know what I what I'd done say 20 years ago 
is approach things with less ego of wanting to wanting to own and control absolutely everything. Uh, and I've you know I've really learned over the last few years to value the value quality partners. Uh, you know, and if, if you'd have asked me, you know, 20 years ago, it was all very much about, you know, I've got to be the big guy. I've got to own 100% of all the equity. Uh, you know, I, 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 I would happily pay other people money, but I, I would never, you know, I didn't want partners. I didn't want to be thought of as anything less than, you know, than, than above someone else and, and, and 100%. But if you ask me now, I'll, I'll, happily ta- I'll happily take, you know, small pieces of lots of pies, with, with, with lots of different partners, as long as those are the right partners, you've got things to bring to the table, uh, because you know there's there's so much more there's so much more scope uh, to, you know to, to to grow grow quicker. And you know we were talking early, earlier on this podcast about uh, about the power of distribution, uh, and you know and and for me yeah to be able to fast track what I want you know by being able to distribute to other partners or by having other partners who've got access to something I haven't got. You know that 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 that's what I'd do. That would save me a lot of pain, and that would that would make my journey a lot quicker. I think that's an excellent bit of advice. I think like you you do still see that like it's it's a very personal thing. That yeah, it, I think I I had it as well. Especially is like I want to be doing everything, like control every element of the business, and what you 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 physically can't. But also, it's not efficient for you to be doing that because there's people that have expertise in certain areas that you just don't and it's better for you to focus on the areas of the business that you have expertise in because that will just lead to more profitable outcomes in the long term. Um, why, why did you think that back then you, you were like that? Do you think it's like a vanity thing that people like deal with? I mean, I would say vanity undoubtedly, but I think really it's because I didn't know any better. Um, you know, and, and I think one, one of the areas I've been, you know, other people would look at me as being unfortunate and I'd say I've been remarkably lucky is to have so many, so many failures and mistakes and, uh, and, and, and cock ups along the way, because, you know, you, 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 you only learn from, from the things that go wrong, I think, you know, particularly when it comes to business, particularly when it comes to, comes to finance. You know, when things go right, it's very easy to try and pat yourself on the back and think you're amazing because you had a great plan in place and that's why it went right. Um, when you never really know if that's the case, but when, when things go wrong, you get to look at why they went wrong. You get to be able to dissect them and unravel them and, and, and make sure you don't make that mistake again. But unfortunately, or fortunately, maybe when people have catastrophic events in business, it's, you know, they probably, they either never have it or they have it once and it's, and, and it's never to be repeated. And I've been, like I say, you know, inverted commas, lucky that I've had so many of these catastrophic events that I've, I've, I've learned so much, so, so much, you know, at, at, a, at a young age. And I guess a big part of my business model now uh, is, is helping other people not make the mistakes. I mean, you know, uh, whether that's, you know, helping from an altruistic level because I'm, 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 I might be making content on social media or helping from a personal profit level because I can, I can, Partner with these, you know, partner with these businesses, lend to these businesses, and and and, sh- and show show them the error of my ways and where where I went wrong. So yeah, I mean, listen, vanity always comes into play, but really, I just I just I just didn't know any better, and I didn't have anyone to teach me. Well, I guess that's the that's a good message to end on in terms of well, yeah, if you don't know any better, then if you listen to this podcast, then now you do know better. And the vanity thing, you definitely know, if if it is a vanity thing, then that's something you need to work on because that definitely holds you back. I would say. Um, in, in success longer term. I mean, it, it doesn't, like, so, you know, with the whole partnership thing and stuff, you know, it, it really, uh, you know, it's, it's the kind of, 
it's the vanity of of thinking that you know I know better than you, or you know I, I don't want to share anything with you, and 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 there's no there's no there's no logic to it. it, it it's it, it's it's just purely vanity driven. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on the podcast. It's such a pleasure having you on. How can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? So I have a podcast myself as well, which is the Matt Haycock Show, and I'm also on all things social. Um, I am the Matt Haycock. So that's T H E M A T T H A Y C O X. Um, I have a newsletter. Uh, that hangs up our website, which is matt-haycox.com. So follow me on social, subscribe to my newsletter, check out my podcast. And if you've got any questions, if you've got any problems and you want me to stop you making your mistakes, then drop me a line and I'll, uh, I'll help you remove that vanity. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, my friend. And yeah, I'm sure it's very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you.